Hey everybody, Captain Andy Comics is right about to start, but there's a lot of great podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including this one. <coughs> a lot of anchors do that. <coughs> Are you ready? Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. That Let's do good. it again. What? That was good. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Back to you on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. I need an agent. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. Now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Hey, it's Cabinet of Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as mostly always. Is... Yeah, I noticed, uh, Steven Brown, I yeah. noticed as like the last two episodes I wasn't on, and I was just like, I'm going to be back to the almost always. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. You are. Well, uh, thanks for everybody that's been listening the last few weeks. I know we, we've had a lot of new listeners. Last week, we had JB Anderton, who runs the Bat 77 podcast, and just brought back the Who 37 podcast. Because last week's episode of Doctor Who went nuts, so he's like, I'm going to do a Doctor Who podcast again. Oh, nice. So uh, his listeners checked in, uh, Beer Babs, Jess's uh, followers have checked in. I'm following in. her on Instagram now. Yeah, she's great. She's great. One of, she is one of my favorite people. Yeah. And uh, But then also, uh, sadly, a lot of friends of Stu McLean have come out and said, oh, I didn't know he was on this podcast. I didn't yeah. know how many episodes there were. I want to start listening to this. Uh, yeah, and so, I think there we posted the link, or we can repost the link for the older episodes that. Yes, because I don't think he had been on since we joined the network. No, in the, fact, the one I ran was right before we joined the network. I think it was like the week before we joined the network. Yeah, um, and it just worked out that way. You know, Stu was a guy who I would run into when I ran into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of uh, he get. It was. Uh, I was a bit surprised we got him to come out of the podcast because this is a guy that at all he couldn't check his own email. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. this guy couldn't do anything with technology. No, so we like, what's hi- a podcast? <laughs> we hired him to paint the back of my house six years ago. <laughs> Did he not ever do it? No, go look at the back of my house. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, one of the guys, um, uh, Jeff. He's one of the HeroClix guys. Um, he's more than that, but you know, this is. Stu's knuckleheads and uh he had hired Stu to do a lot of work at his apartment and he never did it and then they just like ended up hiring somebody else because that's just you know it was now we all over the place yeah yeah but it was uh it was a really it was a a beautiful sermon yeah I rarely re-listen episodes and I actually re-listen to it I'm just like uh you know he's um uh, him and Matt. Matt was Stu's best friend. Yeah, we tried to get Matt on him. Matt's Matt's kind of a. He's an introvert. He's an introvert. Yeah. I don't. I he, I think he's one of those guys. If you put a microphone in front of him, he would get nervous. Like, yeah, he's very forthright when you meet him. But, right. Uh, but he but, does. He does done a lot of alternate covers for Marvel. Oh like, yeah, he's, Matt's he's great. A fairly successful comic artist, and he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a real good dude. Um, but him and Stu used to talk all the day on the phone, and I'm not a big talk on the phone person but it's like what i'd give to fucking talk to that dude Uh, one more time about anything he wanted to fucking talk about yeah well you're also millennial i don't talk on the phone anymore and i remember in the 90s just hours howie weingarten who's uh been on the show uh he and i would just talk for like two and a half hours like almost every day and you don't do that anymore because now you you text yeah it's crazy i was even thinking like um me and jordan used to talk on the phone a lot when we were in college and it was like the tail end of this kind of stuff and then it just I don't know. At some point, you just stop doing it. And now you, we well, now we live together. Live together so right? yeah. it's like we're not going to spend a lot of time conversing on the phone. Yeah, so. I remember when I had a 
phone on my desk and I was dating Renee. Like once a day she would call just to see how we're doing. And yeah. now, like now she texts me and I don't answer. Right. <laughs> this, uh, I've been work has been like crazy. That, I can't believe it's already February. Like every everybody wanted life to slow down after 2019 and it certainly did not yeah and i would argue it's uh it's like since 2016 i feel like it's just uh every year just gets worse than yeah. the year before it's like uh <laughs> this year's already it's like you kind of want to start the year over you know it's like let's unplug 2020 and see if it reboots yeah yeah well personally i've been working like 50 55 hour weeks uh and just like not getting up from my desk and not eating and just like I get like a migraine at three o'clock and yeah. I have to live on Ambien or else I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night. That's going on. Uh, our country's bad. <laughs> our, our country yeah. is just a bad country. And it, the same day as like Brexit happens. It's like, yeah. oh, the two most sophisticated countries that speak English. Yeah. Which is totally have fucked themselves. Completely <laughs> self-induced oh, comas. Incredible. We deserve it. We totally deserve it. Although uh, I'm fairly a dark individual, so I think we deserve worse. <laughs> yeah, right. What well, could uh, could always get worse, John? Oh, I always you know? it could always be worse. You could go. You could be going through this with one leg. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a good way to look there's at it. There's just there's it's been madness. Um, but uh, with things not slowing down, Marvel Legends, which this podcast. This podcast started as like a comic book podcast. Then it became a movie podcast and yeah. it's slowly turning into an action figure podcast. Yeah. It's like, I keep thinking like, oh, we spent a lot of time talking about Marvel legends. Like, you know, we're basically reviewing these things every time a new set comes out. Um, but it's like, uh, they're, they're so cool. <laughs> it's like, they're, I can't help it. They're really great. Well, they're in the, in January, which is usually a quiet month. Like I remember, when I was a kid, I mean, well, when there was retail, <laughs> sort of that way. Yeah. I remember January's would, I would have, I'd get money for Christmas and I'd be going from KB to KB to Toys R Us to Toys R Us trying to find some figure I didn't buy in the year because I had some extra money. Yeah. And I'd be like, all right, I'll buy Comcast from <laughs> X-Men or I'll buy Jordy turning into an alien. Um, like basically- like I'll buy the peg warmers now, right? And you couldn't find anything because the stores were wiped out from Christmas, and they wouldn't restock till February. And January would just be this dead, dead month. And now it's January, and I've gotten two Marvel Legends sets. Yeah. So when did they officially get released? Do you get them the week they get released? Well, toys are not like comics where it's like everybody has them on that day. It's kind of. They start shipping them, and then it's anybody's guess when they get them. Mm. Like sometimes, sometimes Target gets stuff a month before Walmart. Sometimes the online sites get it six weeks before retail does. Like right now, um, Mezco has cable, which uh, I've already paid for because that's who I am. Yeah, uh, but I got it from Mr. Wayne's, our friend Mike's store. And he hasn't gotten it in yet, but like Amazon has it, and Big Bad Toy Store has it, and it's everywhere. Uh, so. Yeah, I was talking to Dave uh, Redfield, yeah. and he he's had Doom for over a month. He got him off like a shelf at a Walmart in yeah. like December. And you pre-ordered him, and you don't have him. Yeah, it's just like uh, I, I don't. got and I got him from Mr. Wayne's. Like I just texted Mike, and I was like, "What's new?" He's like, "The whole F Fantastic Four set is here." Yeah. So I took a drive over, and then I had enough credit where Doom is so nice. He has like a classic head and a modern head. 
that I bought two. One I was going to torture you with. Yeah. Because it would have worked too. <laughs> it would have worked because I figured yeah. that would have been one hour of like, uh, no, only Avengers, only Avengers, no, only Avengers, and um, and and. Then I would just wear you down. I'd be like, but Doom fights everybody. Yeah, he but does. But then I texted you, I have two Dr. Dooms, and you said I pre-ordered one. I, I, well, because I saw him online, and he looked incredible, and he looks... He I, I actually think it's like... I ended um, up keeping both, because the heads are so the, different. Yeah, the different heads. It's like a Jack Kirby head and a Jim Lee head. Yeah, it's cool. I, it's like, um, they they always hit a certain point with the Marvel Legends, it seems, where it's like, a, there's benchmark figures. And the the last one I remember seeing where I was like, oh, we've turned a corner with these figures is the Scarlet Witch, where like yeah. the head sculpt. She was, was the incredible. first one that was pretty. Yeah, that was like, and that they was, turned a corner with that like, like twenty fifteen. Yeah, and then this Doom is like the next bar up, where it's like the amount of detail they put into this figure. It's like the tunic and the cape has a texture to it. Yeah. There's all these like rivets on his arm. It's like it's unnecessary how good it is for what would have been acceptable you know what i mean well the amazing thing about marvel legends is i've been getting deeper and deeper into mezco i just got captain america from uh ebay because he's been gone for a few years i'm surprised that's not the one you grabbed oh yeah well it's like this doom is just so good it's like the mezcos are great but that's the thing the mezcos cost yeah they're like four four times four times the price um and other than the fact that they have clothes which makes them a totally different figure they're like um, most of them are like as good. Yeah, well, like that's the, the Marvel Legends are. Yeah, they're they're not demonstrably much. They're not to in my mind. You know, everyone's teach their own, but it's like they're they cost four times as much as a Marvel Legends, but they're not four times better than a Marvel Legend. It's right. like the Iron Man's great because he's made out of metal, and that cap's cool because he has a magnetic shield that clips either arm or his back. But it's like. I got an awesome whole head lights up. Yeah, it's like they've got they do really. It's like uh, they do the thing that you want them to do for their price point. But Cable's eye lights up and his gun. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Well, Marvel Legends are four hundred times the price they used to be. Yeah, but you can kind of see. I mean, I always argue that they're four times the price and they're they're only three times better than yeah, because if. Because I have offered you some of my old Toy Biz ones of, as they've gotten. Yeah, like, it's like, like I have the older Doom, and I'm like, ah, I'll give you this, and you don't want them. No, I don't. It's like, uh, that's why it was very easy. Um, I remember when Marvel Legends first came out, we were, we, I was the 10th Planet working, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like they're making um, nicer f- figures that are like slightly more pulsable. But I remember even like then, and this was back in like the early 2000s or whatever it was when like Hercules. It was came out. like 2000. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah, these don't look great. You know? Oh, no. Hercules is even way, way into the line. Hercules is when Hasbro took over. Yeah. Because they started doing it. Spider Man Classics was the first one. And, uh, my uh, my good friend Joe Franzum, who is another guy that refuses to come on this podcast, yeah, which is a real shame. Oh, He's a character. Who just sent me. Danny Moonstar and the Stepford Cuckoo from Walgreens because I haven't found him. He's like, I see him every day. I saw a box showed up yesterday. Yeah, um, He was the first one to tell me about it. He's like, uh, there was a period in the late 90s, and this is when I was working at Art Asylum. So we were... You guys were in it. We were in it, and we didn't know what was happening because like, Toy Biz was just starting to give us more wrestling figures. And as a company, we were pitching Playmates more and more because Star Trek was still really heavy. And we would do some Star Trek work for them. 
And then uh, my boss, uh, who was very much a character, was constantly pitching these crazy ideas that didn't make sense. So a lot of my job was like writing <laughs> backstories and pitches right. for these for things. For his he's, nonsense. Yeah, for like, he's like, this uh, monster lives in a jar. And I'm like, okay, here's everything that come from. He's like, he's like, that's stupid. And I'm like, what did you give me? Right, yeah. <laughs> but um, that was a lot of the job. But with Toy Biz, like, we were doing less and less Marvel, and Toy Biz was doing less and less Marvel. And this was, like, late 90s, it just seemed to hit a wall that um, there just wasn't uh, – didn't seem there was a market. And then all of a sudden, unbeknownst to us, because I had stopped working at Art Asylum by that point, this Spider-Man Classics came out, and he had 30 different joints. Yeah. And this was a period where – figures had like eight yeah maybe you know the head swivels and the fact that you could get him into basically every pose that you could get spider-man into yeah there was a long time at work where that first spider-man came with like a spider signal on a brick wall oh yeah and it had a thumbtack hole and i had him like this was back when cubicles were made out of like drywall yeah and uh had like wood on them like I, it was like you couldn't knock them over yeah if you tried <laughs> yeah so my first job was like that. I just push pin Spider-Man into there and I would just pose him and pose him and pose him. Uh, and we figured that was it. It was like there were like four figures and that was it. And then they did another one and then they did another one. And then they announced like, okay, we're going to do everybody. And that first set was Captain America, Iron Man. Doctor Doom was supposed to be in the first set, but he didn't happen. So they just like put Toad in there and Toad wasn't posable. Yeah, Toad was terrible. Toad was supposed to come out for the X-Men movie. They were supposed to do two packs of movie and comic together, mm. and they weren't posable yet. Yeah. And so they just threw them out there. Now Toad is the most expensive. Really? That's crazy. Because they never made Toad ever again. Yeah, and so, they, may, they may not, you know? They may not. And I have an original Toad, and he's, like, old enough to drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But the fact that, yeah, the fact that these guys just come out, and like, I, I, when they come out, like, I don't care what the price is. I just pay it like it's a bill. Yeah, that's I'm well. Like, that's yeah, a bad yeah. when you look at it that way. That's why it's like you mentioned before we started recording. You're like toy business in two weeks. I'm like no, because toy fair, yeah, or toy fair, because they're gonna announce all this dope shit that I'm gonna want. Yeah, well, it's like start saving your pennies. Yeah, and this Marvel Legends is basically all I collect. But well, because there's so much of it, I can't believe how much yeah. of this stuff. I mean, even Mike was telling us at the shop. You know, we were there. I don't know, maybe a month ago or something, and he was saying that uh, the amount of their, it's like they're putting out so much so quickly. It's like it's hard to, people can't uh, buy all this stuff. You know what right. I mean? It's like, yeah, like it's you amazing. can't afford like, to get a different line of figures. It's it's like at the rate Toy Biz used to do it in the 90s, but back then they were five bucks a piece and they were selling mostly to kids. I mean, like, they these have are selling to be... two collectors at $20 a pop. I mean, but they have to be doing so good yeah, because it's like – To I justify mean, that. Right. Well, it's like the set, the Spider-Man set had the white rabbit in it and both you and me are like, wait, when did this character come out? And it's like, oh, it's a Marvel team-up villain. Yeah. I'm like, how far down the fucking list is white rabbit? Yeah. No one was clamoring for this figure. No. no. You know, it's like – But you and I live for those. The build yeah, the we figure do, was like, Demo Goblin. Who they've already made. Yes. <laughs> it's so crazy. But, and yet when you, when you see it, you're like, yeah, that's why yeah, I have a Demo cool. Goblin. Uh, they've just been so damn good. And I do realize that is the crux of my collecting is I have, I can, uh, there have been times where I've quit comics, not forever, but just there have been times I'm like, eh, nothing interests me. 
And uh, I'm at the point now where there's so many, so many streaming platforms that I'm like, I'm not buying movies and TV much on iTunes. Right. And I'm certainly not buying discs anymore. Um, I stopped buying music 10 years ago. Uh, like the only thing I really collect our are figures. Our figures. And the only thing I really collect are Marvel Legends. The McFarlane DC stuff is out now and I'm not hearing good things. Yeah, I have very little interest in um, I and the, the comics is getting tricky because it's like I'm I'm like reading, uh, you know, comics still. So there's like a lot of Marvel stuff I'm getting ready to drop, like the X Men, the main X Men book I'm still digging, but like New I'm Mutants. only yeah, New Mutants I dropped, I dropped Marauders, I dropped X Force, um, there's one more I think I I'm still reading Excalibur and that's confusing <laughs> but i really like psylocke as captain britain so it's like i'm i'm here for that well i feel like x-men right now is what is like when grant morrison was writing it is that nobody really knew what he was doing but yeah. everybody had to react to it right so uncanny is unreadable yeah like next to grant morrison and like uh there were some decent writers joe casey was on it originally and like joe casey's a good writer yeah, joe casey i then, really liked um then chuck he, austin takes over and chuck austin is think, not one of my favorites i actually do like chuck austin too but joe casey i think followed grant morrison on jla and he did some pretty good stories up until like the obsidian age there were um was that joe casey or was that joe kelly oh that might have been joe kelly. joe kelly's better than joe casey joe kelly did the definitive deadpool run like the ed mcginnis run oh okay it was uh joe kelly's really good yeah well see joe the, casey's good joe casey's good and then who's the other one you said you didn't like chuck austin yeah and i think i've read stuff by chuck austin i can't remember but i'm like i remember seeing oh i think i could be wrong i think chuck austin followed jeff johns who followed um kurt busiek on avengers yeah and he did like and by the way maybe 12 issues by the way chuck austin not a real name right Oh, I, I, it's probably like a, what do you call it? Like a, what do you call it? Like a pseudonym? Yeah. Is that what a writer's name is? Like a fake? Yeah. yeah. Like Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but that was just Stanley Lieber. That's like more of a, that's more of a um, nickname. Right. But, um, uh, but yeah, so then it's like. It's uh, more like Mobius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I get one name like Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, comics, I'm like, I'm excited by X-Men, but I'm too behind. Amazing Spider-Man I subscribe to, and I don't know if they're shipping them slow or um, whoever's getting the mail at my house is throwing them in a pile, but I haven't seen a Spider-Man issue in two issues, and we were just talking before we were recording. It's gotten pulled into so many stupid Marvel events I don't care about that it's yeah. really sucked my enthusiasm. Which is weird, because I feel like normally when they do crossovers for Spider-Man, they just create a Spider-Man miniseries so yeah. they can get more Spider-Man books out. Or at least use a secondary title. They have Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, right. which is um, fine. Tom Taylor's doing I it. I do wonder if part of it is... Um, is is Nick Spencer um, kind of like co-writing or, or co-coming up with some of these like crossover concepts? Like he's like, yeah, let's do a big carnage story. And then they're like, well, that's an event. So let's make it a big. Yeah, let's make three issues. But then yeah. the last couple issues were like, we're going to bring the 2099 characters back. And I was like, did Spider-Man 2099 ever leave? Because last I saw he was in this like white and black yeah, costume Peter running David around. It. Yeah, but he's been in the. Modern I think they did it world. because it was like uh, it was 2019, so they're like 2099. It's like well, they're doing that with Iron Man, but, yeah. Iron Man um, and I like Dan Slott, but I couldn't stick with Iron Man. I just wasn't yeah. that interested. See, I finished, and now they're doing Iron Man 2020. Iron Man, and then Iron Man 2020 came out, and I got the first issue, and it's like I just sat in a pile. I'm like, I keep putting off reading, and I'm like, 
I'll just wait until whatever this and I really, is over. I really like his Fantastic Four is getting better and better, and I'm too behind on those. Yeah, that actually, I'm I caught up on FF, and I'm I'm really digging that book. That's been really. Well, I good. think part of it is me being cheap because Comicsology has these incredible sales. So when a new book comes out, I get like fifteen percent off or something. So it's like it's something like three three dollars and twenty cents instead of a four dollar comic. Right. But I'm like, oh if I wait, it'll be like eighty cents. Yeah. And I like well. Right, I, what's the rush? It's not going out of print. Yeah. You know? I, right. If I have to wait a year to read this story and I'm not reading so many titles that another title's gonna spoil it. Right. And there's there's so much well, happening. FF is pretty contained too. Right now yeah. at least there I was reading the uh previews came out this past week and Marvel's getting ready to do uh, their next big event obviously is you know right around the corner and it's um Empire. Where oh, yeah, and Hulk... X Men's building up to a big event now. Oh what? Oh yeah. Hickman, Hickman right, said they're going to go into their an own. event. Um, so it's like that kind of stuff. I'm like mildly excited for because it's like they're going back to like the Kree Scroll War, but it's like uh, the amount of tie-ins in that previews. I'm just like, good god! It's like, what are you guys? Oh, doing? And I feel like at the end of it, you step back and you're like, well, what was that? And right, is it? I mean, comics were always disposable, and maybe it's an age thing. But I feel like these stories aren't sinking in as deep. So I've been reading a lot of um, 90s X-Men lately just as for fun. I think I'm so burned out by life yeah. <laughs> that I'm like – Just want to read nonsense comic books? And they're total nonsense comic books. Uh, they're absolute eye candy. Uh, they're, they are the equivalent of these orange dreamsicle Twizzlers I keep eating. Yeah. They're, I was in five below, which tells you <laughs> how good they are. And I tend to stress eat candy. Yeah. I try to eat, I try to not eat a lot. I try to watch my weight. But so uh, when I stress eat, it's usually like a corn syrupy kind of spicy or sour. Like I'm not eating a ton of chocolate because I'll just get fat. But for a long time, I was eating lemon heads. Yeah, I remember that. You were the big lemon head. Yeah, uh, there's a spot in one tooth that still hurts. <laughs> lemon heads. I haven't been in dentist in years. But uh, and then I went from that to hot tamales, those like cinnamon yeah. jelly beans. Everybody hated me eating those. My entire family ha- had an intervention. Yeah, they're they like, like, this is enough. <laughs> we're like, we don't like your breath. I'm like, but it's cinnamon. It's like a big red gum. It's minty. Yeah. They're like, we don't like it. So we were in Five Below uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we were just getting like, you know, odds and ends because it's five below. Yeah. You know, it's a 99 cent store. And they had like just all all the crap candy on the line. And yeah, have you ever seen those Twizzlers that have like a, something in the center? They have oh. like sweet and sour. Yeah. They have these filled. And I don't like Twizzlers to begin with. I like Twizzlers. And then it's like, then you're going to fill it with something else I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. So <laughs> they've had sweet and sour and I got them on like, these are weird. But there was something appealing about it in that yeah. kind of like bad candy way. And they had orange dreamsicle where it was like they have orange twizzlers with like vanilla filling. They're, they have the texture of Play-Doh. It's Ew. like eating a, it's like eating a stick of Play-Doh. And you're, you like this. Yeah, I went through so, <laughs> I went through the bag so fast. <laughs> That's so gross. So there was nothing. And then I was like, I got to get more of these. And so I went to Walgreens and they had like the sweet and sour ones, but nobody had the orange dreamsicle ones. And I'm like, I'm like, is this like a limited edition? Like when they put out coconut Oreos, right? you know, or uh, like coconut M&Ms. I remember yeah. those. And I was like, I saw those once. Uh, and then so I literally went on Amazon and I was like, you have them, right? And they were like, yep, you can buy a case of 12. Oh my God. And I was like, the case of 12, that breaks down to uh, retail. So I ordered a case of 12 oh, packages. Oh my God. <laughs> 
We got down to three packages, and I was like, and I weighed myself this week. Yeah, and I was like, not eating any more. I was these? like, this must stop. But the. I would just get home stressed out, put on an episode of Frasier and eat like 10 of those Twizzlers yeah. without thinking. <laughs> so uh, that's also what, to bring it back to the point, that's what 90s X-Men is that's also. what like, it is. I'd spend $50 on an omnibus yeah. and I just look at him like, oh, look, they're jumping around. Look at him jumping and screaming. <laughs> yeah. And then, I, and then the, you know, the Fox show is on Disney Plus. Yeah. So I'm watching those again. And then, uh, Renee got me previously on X-Men, which is this book about the making of it, which was Pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna. You can take it today. And yeah, can, I was gonna check it out. And you know what? Maybe we'll do. Maybe when you finish reading Ooh, it, we'll cover it. Yeah, we'll do a whole episode like when Sean Howe came out with Marvel Comics: The Untold Story. That oh was yeah, that was a great book. book. This is not as good as that. But yeah. It's, but well, it's interesting, interesting because it's like it's gonna be less than that. But I do like these kind of behind the scenes. I just watched. Um, there's a series on YouTube. I don't know if the series is really good. I watched one episode, but it's like whatever happened to and then subject. Oh, yeah. And I watched one. And they've done a lot of the cartoons. So they did like Batman the Animated Series. They did, they're going to do Justice League. They did X-Men. They did X-Men. And I watched the one on Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Oh, and that's your favorite. That's my like. And they talk about Spectacular Spider-Man a bit in that show, which I think we both agree is the greatest Spider-Man cartoon of all time. Oh, yeah. It's the Batman the Animated Series of Spider-Man It is. Cartoons. And it's like the... Uh, it's very frustrating because it's like these things are critically really well received. Uh, you know, the fans really liked them. And it's like the studios don't care about that. They're like, we'll make it more like the movies. And it's like this like tail wagging the dog type nonsense where it's like Avengers Earth's Mighty Hero had a lot of great stories. Uh, you know, the first season was perfect. The second season less so. But then they rebooted it. And they're as like, Avengers Assemble. Right. And they're like, make it the um make it the movie team and throw Falcon in there because you know the diversity and stuff, which nothing wrong with that, but it's like th- they just made it to look like the, as close to the movies as possible. And, and they also kind of did a shared universe because it's like it matched the ultimate Spider-Man cartoon right. and Hulk Agents of Smash, and then there's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting one. I feel like there's another one. Right. Because they did the Guardians of the Galaxy in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and but it was the... They were all in like the matching uniforms from... They like, were the it was comics, like the Abnett yeah. and Lanning. It was before the movie came out. Right. And, you know... Uh, that kind of idea where it's like they're like, well, we, you know, th- they think kids are stupid. They're making the same mistakes comic books made in like the 1950s, where it's like they dumb this crap down so much because they're like, well, kids won't recognize Hawkeye if he's in a purple costume right. and he doesn't look like Jeremy Renner with like sunglasses on. And it's like, it's just a really kind of dumb argument where they think it's like, well, if kids don't recognize it, it's like they won't sell as many well, toys that comes or something. Up, that actually comes up in this X-Men book. Um, they pat themselves on the back a lot. <laughs> and and, and yeah. as a reader, uh, they pat themselves on the back, but they're jealous of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Where they're just like, yeah, we did all this. We changed cartoons and... Well, Batman had a third of the budget, so it looked great. And I was like, as a 19-year-old when that came out, I'm like, this is good. X-Men is a guilty pleasure. They said Batman had a third of the budget? No, Batman had triple the budget. Oh, the X-Men so had a third a of the budget. Better. Yeah, they had. Yeah. They basically had the budget of Power Rangers because Saban produced it. Yeah. And, um, and Batman was produced by Warner Brothers, so Warner Brothers was like, whatever you got. Yeah. Warner Brothers uh, saved a lot of costs, too, because like... Every episode of Batman the Animated Series has a full orchestra on it. Oh, right. Which yeah. which actually was kind of free for them to use because Warner Brothers just had an orchestra. An orchestra, yeah. So they would just book them on off days. Like they had an orchestra that they were going to – like they would score Harry Potter for a week. And they're like, oh, we got two days off. We'll do 
five cartoons. We'll do uh, three Animaniacs and two Batmans. Right. And all of the musicians were on salary. Yeah. So it didn't matter. Uh, you know, meanwhile, uh, X-Men had a guy with a keyboard. Yeah. That's great. Uh, but they talk about how... But I would say, and I might be wrong about this, but I think X-Men the Animated Series had a bigger impact on X-Men the comic than Batman the Animated Series had on Batman the comic. Yeah. You know? Well, because the thing is, Batman the Animated Series, as great as it was, lived under the shadow of the movies. X-Men the Animated Series got the X-Men movies made. Right. The way... F- the reason the X-Men movies were all by Fox, which caused a problem when Marvel wanted it back, is because the cartoon was on Fox. So yeah. it was the company that said, we had a big hit with this cartoon. All right, we'll make well, a movie. We, well, the uh, technology had finally caught up to where they could afford to do the effects. I was watching that first movie. Not great. It's good, but it's low budget. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because bu- there always, are four X-Men right. and none of them have visual powers. Right. Like, they, like Cyclops shoots lasers and that's it. Yeah. They were know? not going to put Beast in that first one. No. Well, it's crazy too because um, I remember watching that first X-Men movie recently and, and then being like, oh, wow, this is really, really, really low budget. And then um, 10 years later, whatever, First Class came out. And I think that's a much superior X-Men movie. It might be the best X-Men movie they've it's made It's a really so good one. I, but, I, I get frustrated because of the character selection. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, I, I want to see Cyclops and Wolverine in an X-Men movie. That's kind of why I'm there. Yeah. It's like you can, you can futz around and maybe there's Colossus in it and maybe there's Nightcrawler and maybe there's Gambit. But I'm like, I need Cyclops. And Wolverine. Right. And a girl. And I actually don't care who the girl is. If it's Storm, if it's Rogue, if it's Kitty Pride, Jean Grey. If it's mm-hmm. Jean Grey, I'm cool with that. But I need Professor X, Cyclops, and Wolverine to get this thing off yeah. the ground. Well, and First but, Class doesn't have Well, First Class had a big had a smaller budget than the first X-Men movie. But the technology had Right. Advanced. And I think that's a big thing now, is that it's like the effects are so much more affordable that it's like um you know. Well, the other thing is the the names that were in it. Uh, like watching the X Men movie, I'm like, wow, they they managed to get Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen together. And I'm like, yeah, these guys weren't major stars before X Men, right? Patrick, because I don't think Lord of the Rings hadn't come out yet. Lord of the Rings had not come out yet. Yeah, because um, I remember came I came out know, about six months later. Um, I didn't know who Ian McKellen was. Ian McKellen, I first saw there is a br- he did a brilliant version of Richard the Third. I've heard, yeah, in the '90s, Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Oh really? Yeah, he has a small role. Like he's he's a character that gets murdered pretty quickly, but yeah. he's in it. Well, that's wild. But it takes place in Nazi Germany, oh. and I'm like, oh my god, this guy's amazing. And then I think Apt Pupil is before X Men, uh, the Stephen King where he's a Nazi and oh, is that the one where he like throws a cat in an oven? I think so. And then they also made Gods and Monsters, which was about the director of Frankenstein. So he was he was a Shakespearean actor that was starting to do these indie movies. Yeah. And I happened to see them and I'm like, whoa, this guy's really good. Right. And Patrick Stewart was Picard. Like Yeah, I knew Patrick Stewart. Like um, Next Gen hadn't been gone that long. They had made, I think, three of the right. Next Gen movies when he did um when he did X-Men, but honestly... The- and those two, were they friends before those movies? No, I just learned this. Really? They had worked together. Yeah. Like in the 60s in the Royal Shakespeare Company, they worked together. They became friends on X-Men. Wow. They are best friends. That is adorable. They are the cutest uh, Ian McKellen, BFFs. Ian McKellen uh, was... What do you call it? Ian McKellen did Patrick Stewart's wedding. What do you call that? I think the it's guy the other way around. It. No? No, it was that way? No, because Patrick Stewart married a girl that's younger than me. Uh, oh, and she's hot. And they live in Brooklyn. Like this guy, yeah. he's living his best life. Now. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> um, 
but like their best friends. I saw them do Waiting for Godot on Broadway. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, you were telling me that. Pretty sure I talked about it on this podcast because yeah, we were doing the podcast back then. It's like 2014, and it's mostly just the two of them. And that was like that was like seeing a rock show in drama. Yeah, because both those guys were so powerful. On well, stage. that's what was so cool about that first. But X Men made them movie. friends. Well, but that they. They got really good talent to play these two characters, and it's like a kind yeah, of. Brian Singer was known as a serious filmmaker right. and not uh, a gay predator. Yeah. Oh Jesus, I forgot about all that. Yeah, I, um, you know what? It occurred to me halfway through the movie. Oh, I was like, like, oh yeah, this oh, guy's yeah, uh, this guy. And you kind of wonder, it's like, what the fuck were him and Kevin Spacey getting up to on Superman Returns? You know what I mean? It's like um, they're both exchanging predator notes. I think they were returning on Superman. Mm. Creeps, <laughs> bunch of creeps. Brandon Routh is just shaking on the CW yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, not great. Well, the other thing is, I've been watching Star Trek Discovery. Oh, as uh, oh, never. I continue. No, the chief engineer on Star Trek Discovery is Anthony Rapp, and he's one of Kevin Spacey's accusers. Oh, really? Yeah, he's really good. In fact, season two of Star Trek Discovery is way better than season one. I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm. I went back to CBS for Picard. Yeah, I was going to ask how's Picard. Oh my god, it's still great. It's still they did one episode, two. Oh yeah, the second one came out this week, and it's it's maintaining. Really? Oh, yeah. JB Anderson and I talked about it the first week because we had we were going to talk about the CW, and then Picard came out. and We ended up talking about that for half of the show. It's really really great. And I know you haven't seen a lot of Next Generation. Yeah, I caught it. Um, my. Uh, oldest sister Gina was in a Star Trek, and I had a bunch of the action figures because if you got guys with yeah. blue shirts, they look like cops, <laughs> and they were about the size of X Men. Yeah, uh, and so I was familiar with it. I'd probably seen a couple episodes, but I never really got into it. Um, uh, but yeah, I I was curious to see how this new show is going to do because it's like uh, anytime they kind of bring something back, it's like. Eh, you know how is it gonna hold up yeah but, but it's cool that it uh, it's was good. worked more often than it hasn't yeah that's, that's what's crazy like i have not seen the return of twin peaks in fact i haven't finished the original twin peaks i was watching it on netflix and going like okay this is what people were into and then a bunch of shows came out yeah and i dropped it but i heard that was good i enjoyed the x-files when it came back it had a batting average about as good as the original x-files right but there were at least three great episodes. I was grateful they came back for. Ash versus Evil Dead is maybe the best return of any of those things. That's great. Um, Picard is incredible. Will and Grace is still on. People are still oh, loving really? that. Yeah. Um, what uh, I heard Mad About You is coming back and Frasier is coming back. Yeah. Um, there's a, a lot of this stuff. Cur- uh, I realize Kirby Enthusiasm is coming Kirby back. Kirby Enthusiasm is great this season. There's been two of those. Because he just kind of comes back and does it whenever he's like, all right, let's do another season. Yeah, if he has if he has enough ideas for episodes, he does it. If he yeah. doesn't, he doesn't. So this is season 10, but it's been on for 20 years. Right. So it started in 2000. Um, so I'm realizing watching it now, I'm like, oh, they're getting old. Yeah. Like Richard Lewis is an old man. Right. Like now when Larry David and Richard Lewis uh, argue, they're like just two old Jewish guys. Right, yeah. <laughs> They're like, what are you, what are you putting poppies on your bagel they're like for? The, they're like the Muppets. Yeah. The, you know. Yeah. Um, I love Bernie Sanders. Yes. Hey, free health care. Which they found out they were related. You know. The, oh, yeah. That genealogy him. show. He played like, him on um, Saturday, Night Saturday Night Live. And yeah. then he did a genealogy show and he found out they were like third cousins. That's wild. But a lot of these shows coming back have worked. Um, uh, I mean, 
Obi-Wan is, is basically going to be one of those and that they just stripped down because uh, Kathleen Kennedy's not happy with the scripts and they're starting over again. Yeah, I was confused because I heard that it got put on hold or something. It got pushed back. It's not put on hold. Yeah. Like the Hawkeye show you just told me yeah, about. Yeah, we talked about this off air and I, I don't know if this is true, but I had heard the Hawkeye show was put on indefinite hold. And then I was asking some of the guys, I was like, does anyone know why that happened? Because um, I obviously want as much MCU stuff as they'll give me. And one of the guys is telling me, I don't remember who, and I don't know if this is true, but apparently Jeremy Renner's insane and had put a loaded gun in his wife's mouth and was like screaming at his kids or something. And I don't know if there's like domestic abuse. I can see Disney having a problem with that. Absolutely. So I wonder if it got put on a different hold so they can rework it to just be a Kate Bishop show or if. Or if they just kind of. If they'll just can it. You know what I mean? It's like they don't have to use them again. You know what I mean? It's like after Endgame, it's like there's a lot of characters that they just don't have to revisit. But then rumors are that he's in the Black Widow movie. Uh, is he? There's there are rumors that Robert Downey Jr. is in the Black Widow. Both movie. of them are 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 rumored because it's a prequel. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything that's completely canceled. I'm seeing fall 2021, but there's plenty of time for that. Yeah, Obi Wan was supposed to be the same. Oh. Obi Wan's supposed to be 2021. Owen Wilson is gonna be in Loki. Loki. Did did they say who he's gonna play? Nope. Yeah. Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's like he's not known for his range. You know uh, what I mean? She, you got like magic powers. Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> oh, what an asshole. Yeah. Uh, it's at the point where everybody has to be in a Marvel movie. Mm. I saw Knives Out last night, which. Um, Captain oh, that, America's in. Yeah. I actually should have saved that for Greatest Thing in the World because it's fantastic. But yeah, not only is, is he in it, but it's. Um, Captain America against James Bond against General Zod. Oh yeah, Zod. I heard he's great in it. Oh, he too. is great. Michael Sheen is mostly does like really good indie yeah. movies. He's like a really good dramatic actor, but he does a lot of stuff that you don't see. Right. Uh that movie's fantastic. Uh Ryan Johnson did it. So anybody that's mad at Last Jedi and says that he sucks. <laughs> yeah, go see by the way, this. he doesn't suck because watch Looper and go watch Breaking Bad. He did some of the best episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah. And yeah, he didn't write them because Vince Gilligan did. But did they're he directed write the Last so well. Jedi or whatever. I believe he did. Yeah, that's all him. Yeah. I like The Last Jedi. But you know what? I like Rise of Skywalker. I don't love any Disney movie. Uh I don't love any Disney Star Wars movie. Yeah. There's a bunch of Marvel movies I love. But I'm like, I'm sufficiently entertained. Uh, but Knives Out is one of those. It, it's clearly one of those one for them, one for me. You know, a lot of stars say oh, like, they'll make the big moneymaker. So they can go make their weird shit. It's like uh, this Jojo is like, Rabbit. Yeah. Yes. Jojo and Jojo I Rabbit is great. But Knives Out is like, I'm going to make an Agatha Christie novel. Right. And, but and I'm going to have Captain America and James Bond in it. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, that movie's great because everybody in it. Every single cast member in it is capable of stealing a movie. Yeah. Because it's like Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Don Johnson is in it. Uh, Ana Diamaris is in it. I don't know who that is. She's the hologram in Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know that is. She's, she's very hard to stop looking at. Uh, yeah. Uh, Christopher Plummer's in it. Um, as you said, Chris Evans, Daniel Craig, Lockheed Stanfield, who I love in everything. He's in Atlanta. He's in this movie, Sorry to Bother You. Um He's got like a very calm demeanor. Everybody in this movie could take over this movie. Yeah. And they don't. Tony Collette is great in it. Um, but they all work together. And mm. I and I realized it was like it's oh, like a really ensemble. Nobody's cast. 
Yeah, but nobody's... No weak link. Nobody's, also, nobody's fighting each other to be the star of it. It's really, really, yeah. really good. But it, it's another reminder that you can... In this day and age, you cannot watch a movie with A-list talent without finding a superhero movie oh, yeah. that one of them was we in. We just watched um, uh, it's one of my favorite movies, uh, but it's like imp- it's not streaming anywhere. You can't buy it. Uh, we got it from the library, uh, The Fall. Have you ever seen this movie? No. I, it's, um, I'm thinking there was a Netflix series called The Fall with Gillian Anderson. No, this is a movie. I don't know when this came out, but it was the director has like one name, but it was produced by Spike Lee and... Um, uh, Fincher, David Fincher. Okay, and it stars Lee Pace, Ronan the Accuser, yep. <laughs> and he's like a stunt man in like the early 1900s that gets like paralyzed. Lee Pace is also in The Hobbit. Yeah, he's one of the, he's like the he's main Legolas's elf. Yeah. dad. But yeah. we were watching it, and I was telling the girls, I was like, uh, "Do you know who this guy is?" And they're like, "No." And I'm like, that's Ronan the Accuser from Guardians of the Galaxy. I it's just, like, it's like you're right. It's like almost every movie we're watching. I'm like, that guy was in, yep. uh, you know, Ragnarok. I just this said, guy was in. I mean, Glenn Close was in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like right. Michael Douglas is Hank Pym. There's no, yeah. there's no stopping this. It's wild. I just had that same conversation with The Hobbit uh, um, when Lee Pates came up. I'm like, that's Ronan the Accuser. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. Uh, oh, and uh, what's her name is, uh, uh, was Hella. She was a Hobbit. Kate right? Blanchett, yeah. Yeah, she She's was Galadriel. In, and um, what's She's his name the, was the Red Skull? Uh, Hugo <laughs> it's like, Weaving? what is it in the line? It was like, uh, you, either, you either die a Malta. elf or you live long <laughs> enough to become a Marvel villain. <laughs> and Kate, Kate Blanchett is also the villain in the fourth Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, that's right. She's that weird Russian lady. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Get one more of those movies too. Yeah, I just rewatched all the Tolkien movies, uh, kind of in honor of Stu because yeah. he was such a big oh, Tolkien love guy. Stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually like when I was talking at his funeral, I talked about how much we argued about the Hobbit. Yeah. He was like, "These movies are great." He, Here's the extended edition. Yeah. I'm like, extended. <laughs> one thing they about that nine dude, hours out of a 275 page book. He's like, now it's twelve. Yeah, there is no amount of uh hobbit or lord of the rings movies that he wouldn't have accepted he wanted as much as they'll give you regardless of whether or not it was good but even those glad that they had it even those movies that are giant franchise movies i'm like yep bilbo is uh in black panther yeah and yeah right smog is dr strange (laughs) it's so crazy (laughs) and gandalf is magneto (laughs) yeah it's wild yeah you they're completely unavoidable but uh anyway out of all these things that came back and Tolkien's coming back. Amazon Prime is doing like a Game of Thrones style Middle Earth show. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's going to cost a billion dollars. I don't know what it's going to be. It's like, are you doing the books again, or are you? I keep just hearing like that it's making... not books, but then they're just making shit up, and it's like that's a big gamble. <laughs> you know, yeah. to just think like, oh, we'll we'll spend a billion dollars. We're going to make a Lord of the Rings show that's basically fan fiction, and it's like, and you think. <laughs> You think Tolkien fans are going to be okay with this? Well, you know what? Um, I just finished Watchmen, and that's exactly what it did. Yeah, that's true. And it was Damon Lindelof. I who, heard it was incredible. Who, who created Lost. And which, now they said they're, they're, they're not going to do anymore. They was like, this is it. No, We're not doing a second he season. Said, he said, I'm done. If somebody else wants to do it, they can do it, but I don't have anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I actually shows. respect that quite Me a bit. too. And it was just enough. It was really, really good. Uh, John Johnson is in it. Because, like, we were watching Knives Out last night, and my wife is like, when when was the last time you saw Don Johnson? I was like, a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) We just saw him, both of us. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, Jean Smart is a big part of Watchmen too. Jean Smart is always great. She was one of the designing women, but she pops up in everything. She has a she's a huge part of Legion. Which, by the way, I, I've heard. I haven't talked about this in a while. I have not seen season three yet because it's not streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, seasons one and two are on Hulu. Go watch it. Yeah, I remember talking with uh, Marco. Uh, we've had on the show a couple times. He's a great dude. And he was like, oh, man, you've got to watch Legion. And this was like years ago when it first came out. And it's one of those shows where it's like, I really haven't heard anybody say anything remotely bad about that show. It's always like, it's so good. You got to see it. It's like unbelievable. It's crazy trippy, though. Yeah. It's like totally mind. It starts out like looking like Stanley Kubrick and Wes Anderson mixed together. Yeah. Um, And it's done by Noah Hawley. And Noah Hawley uh, created the Fargo TV show. Oh, okay. Which, that didn't look like it was going to work at all. Right. And they've done- yeah, I remember hearing about that. I'm like, what? Yeah, I was like, how is somebody else going to be the Coen Brothers? Yeah, exactly. It's and like- they've done three seasons. They've yeah. all been completely different. They've had incredible casts. Like, they've had everybody from Ted Danson to Ewan McGregor. Um, they've been- f- All three seasons have been really interesting. And in between those seasons, he's done Legion. Yeah. Which- was a Fox show and set in the X-Men universe, but isn't really connected. I well, think they show Professor X once, and it's it's not James McAvoy or Patrick Stewart. It's weird that it's not just like a bald guy from behind, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, in the first season, there's a glimpse of a wheelchair, and that's it. Mm. Um, the, uh, is that going to go on Disney Plus? I don't know, because it's oh, completely no. Fox. In what, fact, what's it rated? Uh, I think it's a TV-14. Yeah, see, I wonder if... Because I know Disney Plus is really big on not having any, like mature rated content yeah, because of- which is why i think new mutants is going to come out and not show up on the right. Disney plus app i really thought that movie had so much trouble that i was going to show up on the disney plus i thought app. they were just going to dump it i can't believe it's still coming out yeah no it's coming out it sort of looks interesting yeah, it looks like uh it uh <laughs> i i'm not a betting man because i'm poor but <laughs> i would bet that that movie's going to be hot garbage <laughs> i don't know i mean next week uh birds of prey is coming out and i'm like yeah and i, I keep know. seeing the trailers for that i've heard it's really I saw good a trailer last night before knives out but it's like, I just keep thinking, it's like, this doesn't look good. It looks like a movie that's it a looks, mess. Well, it looks like Suicide Squad. Which I liked, but I've only seen yeah, once. Yeah, you don't want to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. But DC has been on an upswing. And I'm like, dude, there's, it's a Harley movie. I, I kind of want to. She was one of the uh, better things in Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, it was her and Will Smith were carrying that whole movie. Yeah. So, uh... So maybe I'll see it. It's one of those where if the reviews come out and they're good, I'll see it and we'll talk about it next week. Right. If the reviews come out and they're awful, like uh, say Dark Phoenix, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on. Um, it's oh, I think I have it on like Vudu or whatever. And oh, you, it's pay, like, you still got to pay for it on Voodoo, right? Uh, no, it's like I have somebody's account oh, right, that right, right. drops all this stuff. And uh, I'm like, I was like going to watch it the other day. And I'm just like, nah, <laughs> I don't care. And I love um, Fastbender. And I love James McAvoy. And it's the last one. It's I'm the cu- last one. I'm curious. But I heard I- it was so bad. Oh, and I love that girl is in it. Who? Uh, which, which girl? Mystique. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I love Jennifer Apparently, Lawrence. Apparently, she's not blue at all in this movie. Yeah, I think she's just kind of like, you're not painting me like, anymore. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you, know what I, you know what I would love if they saved anything from X-Men? I mean, everybody says, oh, wouldn't it be great if Hugh Jackman did a Marvel Universe No, I'd movie. rather have Fastbender or, you know, and McAvoy. Fastbender and McAvoy because they've already been rebooted. I, I mean, Patrick Stewart and me and McKellen are getting old. Watch Picard and it's like... Oh, he's uh, Patrick Stewart's seventy nine years old. That's the thing is, like, yeah, these guys are uh, 
they're you know advanced <laughs> in their age yeah. and they're treasures both of them are treasures but um but you know what i would watch i would watch eight episodes of a kelsey Kramer's beast show <laughs> But it's like it's not like actiony. It's just kind of yes teaching or something. No, you know what it is? It's Fraser with makeup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like he sits around his house and he reads books, right? And then he's like, and then he solves mutant problems, and he's like, oh, uh, I'm listening. Just, just see him like uh, before Congress or something. You know what I mean? He's yeah, like, I've been. Wa- he's like a yeah. beast as a politician, but like you know, dealing. You know, maybe he lives in the mansion. And yeah. he's just dealing with with Students, domestic problems. Yeah, we're watching. Um, we're watching Fraser, and luckily. Uh, I'm at the seasons I never saw. I'm like season nine. I'm like, I wasn't even still watching it on the air at this point. It was on Netflix and it Netflix dropped it, but Hulu had it. So we're just oh, continuing yeah, just to jump go. Over. And then as I said earlier in this episode, Kelsey Grammer says it's going to come back. They're trying to decide like where they're going to put it. Yeah. But um, I'm still interested in that character. I'm like, but you make that character blue? Right. It's <laughs> not that far of a stretch. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like kind of the same guy. <clears throat> greatest thing in the world we talked about so many things that were going to be my greatest thing this week and i was like oh crap picard oh crap dives out oh um but the good place ended this week oh yeah i keep hearing about this too wow it i mean there it ended the show's over oh it ended ended ended, and ended on their own terms like it was doing fine and mike sure who created it who uh, created Parks and Rec before it, uh, basically said, no, I got the end of the story, so we're just going to end it. Yeah, again, I appreciate there's that, only like uh, f- self-control. <laughs> well, I think you would really like it. The first few seasons are on Netflix, but there's only 50 episodes in the entire series, That's and they're lot. half hours. That's still a lot. It's four seasons. It's 25 hours. Yeah, but... That's uh, that's a that's a that's, that's a day and a an day. hour. <laughs> that's my limit. If it's more than a day, I can't do the it. The entire series has to be more than a day. I think the season. It's too much. It's too much. Maybe. Um. That that's just lazy. Yeah. Um. But I don't. Th- I've never seen a better sitcom ending. And actually, the last Parks and Rec was really really good. Um. Uh, trying to think of the best sitcom endings. I think the best television ending ever. Breaking is- Bad. Ooh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. But Star Trek Next Generation is way up there. Um, even knowing you were going right into the movies, right. it ended that series so perfectly. Uh, good Place might be the best sitcom end I've ever seen. Wow. Like it, that's high praise. It you watch wrap, a lot of sitcoms. I watch a lot of sitcoms. Um, it wraps up everything just right. Yeah. Just right, where it's like, it feels like the ending of a book. Hmm. Not, it's not one of those where, say, like, uh, like the last community was like, okay, uh, we got all this stuff to wrap up. Let's do that, and it does it all satisfyingly, right? But this is like, no, this series was always was going planned. right here. Yeah, I think I kind of like when they have the endings in mind. It's like uh, we've talked a lot before. I like. Um, you don't really you're never gonna get with spider-man but it's like stuff you're never like, gonna get that with any superhero because they gotta right, keep those guys going like ex machina why the last man hopefully saga these kinds of books where it's like they, they have a beginning they have a middle and they have an end walking dead uh no not walking dead <laughs> that's definitely not part of this because <laughs> fucking fuck robert kirkman um all right, well, yeah, but maybe I would check say, that out yeah but absolutely if you were thinking about starting the good Pla- the good place is one of those shows where 
Um, if you're already watching it, you're super into it, and you're you've probably found a way to watch the last episode. Like you're not even gonna wait for Netflix. Yeah. Um, it's on demand right now. You can go to or the NBC app. You can find it there. But so if you're already into it, you don't need to be told about it. But to people like yourself, where it's like, oh, I heard good things about it. Should I start it? Yes, you should. Start. It's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, I think the first three seasons yeah. are on Netflix. Maybe so. by the time the... So that's less hours. Right, that's true. <laughs> Sparse it out a little bit. Yeah. Um. So I'm continuing to just like read all this like old comic crap. <laughs> and uh, I lent my sister um, the... When Steve Ditko died like two or three years ago, uh, she wanted to read... She'd never read, uh, you know, original Spider. She may have read an issue here or there or something, but, you know, she wanted to read it. And... I lent it to her. There's that one omnibus that's all. It's Ditko, all Ditko, yeah. yeah. It's huge. It's huge. And uh, she gave it back like six months later. And I'm like, did you uh, did you finish it? She's like, eh. <laughs> she flipped through it, you know. Yeah. Um, but then, so now I'm going back and reading it. And I've, I haven't read all of it, but I've read some of it over the years. And it was one of those ones. I talk with my buddy Ken about this all the time is that it's like reading old Silver Age comics is like kind of painful. Uh, it's because work. It's, it's, it's kind of like homework. But recently, I'm not really sure what's changed, uh, but recently it's like it's gotten a lot easier for me. I think because it's like I've accepted the writing is just going to be painful. But it's like the goofy art. Uh, I never really liked Steve Ditko. I didn't like get Jack Kirby originally and then, uh, you know, had important people that knew a lot about comics that talked to me and um explained and stuff so it's like i came around you know i'm a little slow on the uptake a lot with everything but steve ditko now i'm finally like oh this spider-man stuff is kind of cool um but they did something in it that i'd never seen before um it's an i don't know if it's a giant size of fantastic four or something but it's uh jack kirby drawing it and steve ditko inks him and that just seems like such a like a of spider-man it's like what book um, is it? I think it's like an FF giant size or something. Oh, it wasn't. No, I I know exactly what that is. It's a backup story in the FF annual, and because oh, okay. because they Ditko did it together did it and it had Spider Man. It's in both of those omnibuses. Yeah, because I've it, read the story already, but yeah, I didn't it's in pay the attention Fantastic to the credits. Four omnibus and in the Spider Man. Yeah, but and there's a lot of that crossover. It's an FF annual, right? And it's really kind of cool. But just going back, I mean, and, like he like draws a heart for the Invisible Woman in the sand. What he yeah, leaves. it's weird. <laughs> um, but the uh, you you know we were talking about these Marvel Legends that came out and there's this Vulture figure that's cool. Yeah, he just and came out. he's the first recurring villain Spider Man fights and it's just I love uh it's just like total self indulgent for me or whatever. But reading the they're like and next month we're because you demanded it the Vulture's coming back and I'm like this is so weird to think that like kids in the 60s were like the Vulture's such a cool villain bringing <laughs> Why are you back bringing back that old man with the feathers <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But even the way Ditko drew the vulture, it's like it's it is a lot different than what we think of it is because it's like it's just neat. I don't know. Um, so I am uh, in this constant like renaissance of like old Silver Age Marvel comics that are hard to read, but the art I'm like uh, it's like uh, it's like uh, it's adorable. <laughs> it's yeah, like I, I love it. I the more and more I look at those Ditko issues, the more I appreciate them. And I'm a person who's a much bigger John Romita fan. Oh yeah, me so. too. I still feel that once you get to John Romita, which is the second omnibus, that book just takes off. And oh, I, yeah. I can't stop reading when it's John Romita. Like, it, he adds that soap opera element that it really needed where, like, all well, the girls are pretty. So it's like, 
when Peter's like mooning over Mary Jane, it's like, of course, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Right. And he still had that really strong sense. And his his character design was great. We talked about this when he passed, when Ditko passed away. Yeah. Uh, John Romita Sr. just turned 90. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, he's up there. I have an original John Romita in the studio. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and an original John Romita Jr. Yeah. Because uh, those are things I take for granted in my life when I say my life is terrible. There's a fucking John Romita <laughs> yeah, and a John Romita Jr. Oh, by the way, cool. met them both. Yeah. Both nice. Um, the Ditko stuff is so weird compared yes. to John Romita. And the way you compare the villains, compare Dr. Octopus, the Green Goblin, the Vulture, Mysterio. Sandman. Compare the Sandman. Compare those to Romita's. The rhino, the Puma, the shocker. Oh, Puma's eighties. Um, oh, I thought Puma was a uh, Ramita. No, but he was much broader. Oh, man, man, mountain man, man, mountain, mountain Marco. <laughs> there was they were much more like solid standard. Yeah, um, Spider-Man villains, and they were great. But yeah, Ditko was its own. His yeah. own flavor, and when I when I finally read the Doctor Strange omnibus, oh yeah, I, I was took like a long oh. time to get through that, but it's cool. But it was fun. Yeah, like, they well, they're finally, short. Yeah, they're short issues, and because he always just shared, weird. he always shared a book. Yeah, it like he shared it with it was Human Nick Torch. Fury. Yeah, originally it was Human Torch, and then uh, they stopped doing Human Torch solo stories, and then it became Nick Fury. Yeah, and I've got that omnibus too. I haven't gotten and to that. Yet. Oh, that's Kirby fun. and uh, Starenko, which uh, yeah. I love that weirdo. But what's nice about the Spider-Man, the jump is it's it you know it it changes right. It's like Ditko and Ramita weren't drawing the same guy. You know, Ditko's drawing like the nerdy, awkward yes. Spider-Man that you know is kind of like a frustrated little brat. And then when Ramita comes on, it's like he kind of matures a little bit. He's riding around on like a motorcycle. He's got a hot girlfriend. Well, even the way the city's drawn, Ditko draws New York at. It, Everything's like a harbor and a dock and an yeah. alley and it's shadowy. Because Ditko's it's like, insane. It's very much, it feels like the spirit, like Will Eisner. Yeah. Like it's all of these back alleys. And when Ramita starts drawing it, it's Midtown on a sunny day. Right. You yeah. know, and and most people draw Ramita's version of Spider-Man rather than Ditko's. Right. Yeah. They're fun. Um, My favorite thing about the Vulture, now that he... We mentioned him a couple times. I feel like the Vulture is the quintessential Ditko villain because he's like 80 and in feathers. And he's angry at everybody. <laughs> yes. My favorite thing, as much as I love Michael Keaton as the Vulture, I adore Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Yeah. Um. You know, Michael Keaton as the Vulture <laughs> sold himself to me in the teaser when the guy's like, maybe you shouldn't stretch yourself so thin. He goes, what'd you, what'd you say? Mean? And it's like that Philly. I love that line. Yeah. I'm just like, oh shit, he's full of Michael Keaton. Yeah. Uh, as much as I love that Sam Raimi wanted John Malkovich to be the vulture. Yeah. <laughs> and just John Malkovich's bald head would have yeah. been surrounded by a fur collar and feathers. He's like, don't you understand? I am the vulture. I will fly around the city and I will steal jewels. You fuck. <laughs> I keep thinking we talk about him like, fighting Tobey Maguire. Well, they keep I feel like about- America wouldn't accept that. They keep talking about all these like reboots all the time, and it's yeah. like just do one more Sam Raimi Spider Man movie, have it set in that universe, get the Vulture to do it, you and know? it was also going to be Bruce Campbell as Mysterio. Yeah, which and it would he would have been the same character through all the yeah. like he's punking Spider Man. Yep, and uh, yeah, it's like just do that. It has to be out of continuity. You're not going to confuse audiences. I promise they'll be fine. Oh, by the way, I meant to talk about this last week, but then um, we didn't meet last week. Speaking of Bruce Campbell, I just saw Evil Dead the musical again oh. last week in HD in Chicago. It's great. The guy the guy doing it is doing a good Bruce Campbell. Oh, nice. Yeah, because Bruce Campbell's not doing it. Yeah, and we I saw it 10 years ago. 
and they had built the whole set and they like sprayed blood at people. This was called Evil Dead the Musical HD. And I've never seen anything like this, but it's like, I guess it's for the touring company, but both the stage and the backdrop are made of flat screens. Oh. So they're just, it's like a black box theater. It's like the, like, it's like being in an improv theater. Yeah. Um, but the floor, the floor and the backdrop change. So like. It's like projected on? Yeah. So like they walk through the woods and you see the woods and then it zooms into the house. Oh, wow. And then the middle of the backdrop opens up. So they have a door to go in and out. That's cool. But it's really interesting. And like, like monsters appear on the screen. Sure. Uh, But it's very stripped down. They still spray blood at people, but literally the actors like bring out a bag of blood and throw it. That's great. (laughs) Uh, And uh, Nick Bade, who's been on this show. Yeah. Was sitting in the other section. Oh, that's cool. And uh, with his wife. Yeah. We just happened to run into him which was odd because i haven't seen him in five years and then and you that, see him twice in i a saw month. him at stu's at stu's memorial yeah. uh he got they got drenched oh really <laughs> they got like a they just came out with like a paint bucket of blood and just dumped in on his row <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so wow. it's really fun it's running for a couple of months i guess that's my second greatest thing yeah um yeah so yeah, i got a bunch this week a lot of good stuff. It's all, as terrible as the world is right now. As terrible as the world <laughs> still is. still the little gems. You just got to dig for them. You know what? I think that's our topic. I think the name of this episode is as terrible as the world is right now. Yeah. Uh, so if uh, you want to let us know what's good in the world right now, because, uh, you know, there's not that much of it. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's Picard or Evil Dead the Musical or the ending of The Good Place or Marvel Legends figures. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good any good endings to indie comics. Let us know. There are ways to get in touch with us. I'm at Not in My Book on uh, Instagram and Twitter. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can also go to our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Caffeinated Comics. That is where we post all the news and trailers and links and sometimes just jokes. I posted. Uh, somebody did a 3D version of uh, Fantastic Four number 49. Oh, today cool. with like Galactus, yeah, with the Fantastic Four running Galactus over them, and as you scroll, he like moves around. That's them. cool. Yeah, there's no like 3D photos. I keep seeing them pop up on. Like, yeah, the well, cool. there I found a page. Somebody posted on a Jack Kirby group, like called 3D Comics, and they just take Silver Age comics and 3D. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's kind of thing that's probably not going to pop up on my Twitter, but it is always on the Facebook page. So you can go and find that stuff. And Stephen, how do we follow you? How do we follow the show? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the brave butter pecan, and you can follow the show on the iTunes podcast app and Stitcher and Spotify. And we are proud members of the radio misfits podcast network. And we will talk to you next week, which might be about birthday. Maybe.